Hey kings and queens, it's your girl Queen Callie, and today I wanted to take an opportunity to talk about identity. So I've called this podcast The Queen Speaks. I have stapled myself on social media as Queen Callie, and so I wanted to take the opportunity to really explain where that came from. I think typically when we think of kings and queens, we think of status, money, power, colonialism even, but essentially we associate that with worldly culture. And I wanted to make sure that I explained why I identify myself as a queen and hopefully tie in why I think it's really important for us to recognize our identities and who we are, especially when it comes to our place in God's kingdom. And so while the world looks at the identity of a queen or a king as someone who is powerful after money, after status, I have always identified as a queen because I know that I'm the daughter of the Most High King. And so I wanted to take us to a verse, um, Psalm 103, verse 3 and 4. And it starts, Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? And so I wanted to start by really taking ownership of this verse because I think the reality is we've all been in a pit, yet we have been redeemed from that pit. And we've been crowned with a crown of love and compassion. And so I wanted to really dive into that when it comes to talking about identity and why I identify as a queen and and why I think it's really important for us to know who we are in God. Um, So essentially... You know, we all have a testimony, and we can't shy away from that. Um, God's placed a purpose on the inside of each of our hearts and our lives. And um, when we are striving to achieve and when we are striving to obtain an understanding of our purpose, we go through certain things. And the things that we go through sometimes put us in a pit. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was forgotten, but he ended up to rising to one of the top positions in the land and saving his family and his people from famine. I think of David, who was a shepherd. He was forgotten. His family, you know, knew that he was the smallest one, um, but he ended up becoming a king. Um, and I think of so many other testimonies of people inside the Bible, but also outside of the Bible in real life that have gone through certain things, they've gone through certain testimonies, and they end up in a position of honor, they end up in a position of wealth, they end up in a position of, um, you know, authority. And that authority isn't for selfish ambition. That authority isn't or it shouldn't be for money or power or fame. I think we live in a generation now in which we identify ourselves with certain positions because we know that we're gonna get money out of it. We know that we're gonna get something out of it. We know that we're gonna get some kind of labor from someone else out of it. And I just want us to check that spirit of when we're becoming business owners and we're becoming entrepreneurs and we're becoming who it is that we're claiming that God's called us to be, I want us to remember our identities and question, am I doing this because I know that this is what I'm called to? Am I doing this because I know that in this position I can bless other people, right? Or am I doing this because I want money, I want fame, I want respect, right? So when I think of this identity of being a king or a queen, 
it comes with a lot of responsibility. It comes with trial and tribulation. It comes with testimony. It comes with seeking counsel. It comes with knowing that your purpose here on this earth is way bigger, way bigger than yourself. So I wanted to really tear apart this idea of being a queen, um, and especially in Psalm 103, verses um, three and four, but I'll focus on verse four. And again, I'll read it again, verse four. Who redeems your life from the pit? and crowns you with love and compassion. And so I wanted to start from that place in the pit. The pit is your place of development. It's your practice, right? So for example, growing up, um, I've had a, a, a lot of opportunities to practice being in leadership positions. And I didn't know as a child that I was going to go into the military. So I grew up going to military school from sixth grade until 12th grade. And I promise y'all, I was not a bad child. It was just one of the best schools in my area and my parents invested in my brother and I going to that school. So starting in sixth grade, I had the opportunity to go to military school. And at that school, they did a phenomenal job of ensuring that they placed certain levels of responsibility on children from very young ages. So my first time practicing leadership, um, at the platoon level, and what a platoon means in the military is that you're responsible for the lives of about 30 or 40 something soldiers. When I was in eighth grade, that was my first opportunity to be a platoon leader. If I fast forward to my senior year in high school, I was what they called the battalion commander. The battalion commander in that organization at my school um, comprised or the responsibility was to lead about 250 cadets. So. In 12th grade, I was leading 250 people, right? Fast forward to um, college, right? And I went to the United States Military Academy, one of the top military institutions in the world. And I had a variety of leadership opportunities there from serving as the vice president for my sorority, from serving as team captain as a junior and senior there, from um, rising in the ranks from a squad leader, platoon leader, all those things, right? And now I'm serving in the military and I've had 12 plus years of practice. And in that 12 plus years of practice, it wasn't easy, right? I faced trials and tribulations. I had to learn certain dynamics. I had to learn how to talk to people. I had to learn how to not be jealous of people. I had to learn how to change my heart and fix my mind on God. Um, so that I could lead responsibly. I had to let go of selfish ambition and let go of the things that I wanted to do and, and make sacrifices for the sake of the people that I was leading. So I utilize this as an example of the fact that the pit, those dark places, those hard places, that journey that you're going on, that testimony that you're struggling through, that is your place of practice. That's your place of development. There's no person that rose to a position of authority, power, queendom, king, whatever, without practice. That's why in the royal family, literally you already know that you're a king from the day that you're born and they raise you with a certain mentality. They raise you to a certain standard. They raise you understanding certain responsibilities and training you in that because that's your practice. And again, that pit isn't a place of, it's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be everything handed to you. You're going to struggle. You're going to have to face certain heart, mind, spirit, and soul changing things for the sake of you being prepared to take over 
um, when it is when it is your time to take over, when God's called you to take over. So I wanted to address that pit part. The next thing I want to address is the crown part of this verse, and it says, and crowns you with love and compassion. So I want to identify the fact that in worldly culture, when we see crowns, when we see tiaras, when people, you know, we might watch Miss Universe or some kind of um, competition like that, we see the diamonds, we see the stones, we see the gems, right? And again, it can be a very worldly image, but I want to shift our focus from the worldly image to the kingdom aspect of it, right? To the godly aspect of it. When you are in a position of authority, when God's called you to achieve a purpose and he's placed you in a certain position of authority, your job isn't to be the flashy one. Your job isn't to be the one that is just trying to look out for yourself. Your job isn't to be the one that is saying me, me, me. Your crown is made from love and compassion. You as the leader, you as a person in authority must have the heart, mind, soul, spirit aligned with God so that he can lead you with love and compassion for your people. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about who you are doing this for. Who are you serving in your leadership? Who are you serving in your position of authority? Because if the only person that's gaining anything from this is you, then you have to recheck your heart. Um, And so I wanted to talk about this because I think um, for me, I always saw myself as a queen growing up, but I used to think that my queendom, my ability to identify as this person was performance based, right? Like I used to think that I had to be perfect. I used to think that I couldn't share my struggles. I used to think that um, if I was going through something, then I was weird because nobody else is going through this. I used to think that I had to prove myself to other people in order to get them to see me for what I knew that my identity was. I'm going to say that again. I used to think that I had to prove myself to get other people to see me for what God already created me to be. He already told me that I was his child. Again, I'm a queen because I'm the daughter of the Most High King. But I used to think that I had to prove to everyone else, see, look, I'm a queen. This is Callie on stage. This is me doing a dance, doing a solo piece to get your attention. Because remember, I used to be a classical ballerina. Look, this is Callie. This is me on the track. I'm going to go get a medal. I'm going to go. I have to get this medal. I have to break this record in order to get your attention for you to see me as someone I already know who I am. And the crazy thing is, let's, let's think about Jesus Christ in this, right? Jesus wore a crown of thorns. He literally died on a cross for our sins and resurrected three days later. There were people who taunted him, who hated him, who talked trash about him, who treated him horribly, who treated him horribly, yet he still was able to go to each town and preach the gospel and preach his father's message on behalf of his father because he knew he had to. He identified as God's son, regardless of if other people recognized him as as that. He wasn't trying to get other people's attention. He wasn't trying to prove himself to other people. He wasn't trying to say, hey, look at me. He was humble. He was crowned with love and compassion. And that love and compassion carried itself through the cross, through his resurrection, and through the Holy Spirit that we carry within us today, right? And so I want us to, to again, rethink our identity and understand why we are calling ourselves certain things, why we are, you know, standing in certain positions. And when we are in those positions, are we coming from a place of responsibility to God or are we coming from a a place of selfishness for our own gain? The last point I really wanted to hit on this is um, legacy. So I'm going to jump 
to Philippians chapter 2, um, 3 through 4. Okay. And it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of each other. And I'm going to back, jump back to Psalms 103:13 through 18. I'm just going to read this. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. So I wanted to highlight this because my big thing about being a queen is going back to Philippians 2, 3, and 4, right? Doing nothing out of selfish conceit. Doing nothing just for myself. And I'm always thinking of that next generation. I'm thinking of how am I as a queen? How am I in this position of hopefully and eventually achieving these museums, impacting the next generation of black girls, the next generation of my family, of my name, right? And I, again, it ties into this, um, these verses from Psalms 103, 13 through 18, in which the whole point of this, when you are in a position of authority, is again, to not do anything for yourself, to not come from a place in which you're trying to get money, you're trying to hold on to things. God didn't put you on this earth just to pay your bills. God didn't put you on this earth just to get a new car, just to get a new house. He put you on this earth for whatever that purpose is deep within your heart. And when you achieve that purpose, the whole point is to get people to him. And in getting people to him, you're fulfilling your purpose and you're, you're generating a legacy, right? You're generating a legacy of, of selflessness, a, a legacy of, of, you know, consciousness about God. You're generating a legacy of um, showing that there's proof in doing what God's called you to and inspiring other people to do the same within their own lives, right? Because when other people are able to see people in leadership positions that are a little bit different, you know, people in leadership positions that are following different kingdom principles than, you know, worldly, other than worldly principles, when we're able to step into our workplaces and re represent God for who he is, when we're able to step into our workplaces and our families and our um, friendships, relationships, and represent in the position of authority that he's given us, then we're able to assist God in changing and shifting the minds and hearts of other people. When people see you, what do they see? Do they see someone in which they can see God's light reflected through them? Or do they see darkness? And our job is to emulate the light. Our job is to, to share God's light with the world. And I know that we are able to do that in our positions of authority. So I just wanted to address that because I don't want anyone to think that um, Queen Callie or the Queen Speaks has anything to do with worldly culture because it doesn't. I'm not a queen because someone else sees me as a queen. I'm not a queen because I want money and I want things and I like diamonds and all this stuff. I'm a queen because I'm the daughter of the Most High King. He's given me purpose and he's given me vision. And I'm taking that and I'm striving to ensure that I share that with the world because I know that by sharing that with the world, I'm doing my part 
and I'm sharing God's light with the world. And in doing that, I'm creating a legacy of other people to do the same thing. My next generation of black children to do the same thing. The next generation of people to see the accomplishments of black women and do the same thing. And so that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for, for joining me in this. Um, and I just wanna pray over everyone today. So Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to see that we are your daughters and sons. Thank you that we are kings and queens within your authority. You have given us authority. You've given us position. And I pray, Lord, that we take this opportunity that you've given us with this position, with this authority, and do what you've called us to do. I pray, Lord, that you do not allow us to abuse our power. I pray for checks and balances. I pray that you give us counsel and that you allow people to come into our lives that will help us achieve the visions and purposes that you've had over our lives. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Thanks, kings and queens. Have a great day. Bye.